0: Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsaniego.com. Hey Light Church, uh, my name is Benji and hope you guys are doing well wherever you are watching this. Uh, First and foremost, um, wanted to let you know that we love you guys. We're praying for you, miss you a ton. Uh, It's been great starting to get stories coming in of people continuing to be the church and loving their neighbors and continuing to see God move. And I can't wait for us to be together again uh, to just hear more of those stories. Uh, But as always, if you, in this week or the coming weeks, come up with a need and you don't know where to go, please feel free to email us. You can just email me directly at Light, San Diego.com, Um and let us know how we can serve you and help you to the best of our ability. And- And also, if God's been moving, if you have a cool story, we wanna be able to share those as well. Um, So if you can go ahead and send that in to me, that would be great. Uh, But why don't you go ahead and grab a Bible, if you have that, or maybe a notebook. And we're gonna be spending the next few minutes continuing our series uh, in the Gospel of John. So we've been in a series of conversations called Life to the Full, And uh, we've been kind of marching our way through John's gospel. And today we're arriving at chapter 10. And if you've been tracking, you might be like, what happened to chapter nine? Um, That chapter I spoke on in the fall, so you can go back to the podcast and listen to that. Uh, But just to summarize, Uh, chapter nine was about a blind man who was healed by Jesus, went down to the pool of Siloam, was told to wash, came back. And this, like in the previous chapters, has infuriated the Pharisees. And the Pharisees were kind of the, um, kind of held the power in that day, were religiously conservative and used guilt and fear to kind of make the culture try and live, uh, really underneath the law of Moses, uh, But in their attempts to do that, we're avoiding things like justice and mercy, the other gospels tell us. And so Jesus shows up on the scene and he has created a massive disruption. This blind man is just healed. They're furious about it because of how it happened, it was happened on the Sabbath. And they begin to enter in this dialogue between Jesus and the Pharisees. And Jesus kind of says something that's really interesting, which we're gonna be focusing in on today. But before we dive into the actual text, a quick story. Uh, last week, um, I got a uh, one of those systems that expands my Wi-Fi in my house because there's this dead zone right in our living room. And so I'm installing it and then realize that it's one of those, not only a Google Mesh system, but it's called like a Nest. And so we now have that kind of Hey Google or Hey Alexa thing in our house. And our kids have always asked for that. And we have purposely never had that because there's so much yelling in our house already with the four kids and me uh, trying to get everyone's attention but it's got set up and all of a sudden there is this little white thing in our kitchen and our kids just walk by all day long and they're just like, hey Google, play this. Hey Google, what's this? What's funny is when we set it up, it asked for my voice. And so all I have to do is whisper and say, hey, Google, uh, play this, and so it won't go on. But the kids, uh, it works like maybe one out of every 10 times. And so what happens is just throughout the day is this progressive volume just notching up of just shouting at this little device in our kitchen, hey, Google, play Baby Shark. And so they're just going for it. And and by the end, we're just like, kids, just stop. Don't, no more talking to Google because of just the competing voices that are going on. On in our living room and in our kitchen and we're just like, enough is enough. And we're getting to a passage today where, where Jesus starts to talk about competing voices that have a lot to do with who we follow, how we follow. And I think in this specific time, there is an increased sense of uncertainty. And with an increased sense of uncertainty, there's a heightened sense two voices. We want to know where to go, how to feel, how should we react. And the world has a lot of voices it's throwing at us. And the important thing that we're going to find through this text is that Jesus' voice is the one that we have to tune into. But that kind of begs kind of the question, how do we know? How do we know what the voice of Jesus and all of this is going on around us? So let's read John chapter 10, the first few verses, and we're going to be looking for some some insight into that. So John chapter 10, starting in verse one, says, very truly I tell you Pharisees, remember he's talking directly to them who are opposing this person just being healed of blindness on the Sabbath. Says anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Let's just stop right there. Um, Such a beautiful and profound passage, but in order to get the most out of this, just a a little bit of, of context here. Uh, This analogy is very common for the people he's talking to, the Pharisees, because shepherding was a big kind of um, economic system in that day. It's how they generated a lot of money. And shepherds weren't really looked upon with a lot of kind of nobility or piety, but were seen as necessary. And so the wealthier kind of folds would uh, have these pens where multiple folds would come in specifically during the winter at night. And the summer is warmer, they'd maybe go out to pasture. But at night, they'd all come in to to stay warm together. And so in this pen, there might be five different families' uh, sheepfolds. And and so in the morning, when it's time to go out to pasture, the shepherd would go up and the entire thing is built in by these rock walls with briars on top and there's one gate. And the shepherd would approach the gate and he would, just by his voice, start to call his sheep out by name. And one by one, the sheep would come out of the pen and they would start to congregate outside the sheep pen. It says after the last one was there, then the shepherd would go in front of them and would lead them to their next place where they were going to eat or to find water. Now, in Western culture, shepherding is done a lot of times uh, kind of from the, the back with a, either kind of a sheepdog or a staff. In Eastern culture, shepherding is led from the front. And so the shepherd's voice is the number one tool used by um, that shepherd to lead his sheep. So Jesus plays on this analogy and the, he kind of opens it up and just essentially calls them, hey, all these other voices are of thieves and robbers. There's one shepherd, and we know who that shepherd is because the sheep hear his voice. And then he takes it a step further and just reminds them because they know, because they, the shepherd knows them by name, kind of paints this really beautiful and intimate kind of picture of the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. So I just wanna want you to have that in your mind as we kind of dive into the dialogue here. I'm gonna be talking about just three points today. Number one, is that we have to identify that there are competing voices. Number two, we're gonna be looking at how there's this idea of competing gates. What's the role of the gate in this in this dialogue that Jesus is having? And then lastly, um, there is these two different definitions of life and the competition, the war that we see between um, life and existence, and we'll get into that in a moment. But I think it's, it's really timely for us to realize just as 2,000 years ago in a time of uncertainty, the Jewish people had kind of perked up their ears to figure out what do we do in this situation? We've been under oppression. There's a, amount, a large amount of uncertainty and high taxation. And, 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 and in that, they're looking for voices and the Pharisees became that voice. And they were trying to sway them and say, hey, listen, if you just work harder, you're more moral, you follow the law, then every all your problems will go away. And with that, they did it with a heavy hand and people were never quite able to measure up to that. And Jesus comes and says, no, 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 that's that's the wrong voice. I'm the shepherd and they need to be listening to my voice. And I'm just, just stopping at that this week as I was studying that and just realizing what are the voices dominating our culture today? What are the voices that are seeping in right now that is competing? Maybe you're watching this and you have your iPhone in one hand and you're watching this in the other and you have your newsfeed open and you're listening to a sermon and this is kind of your life right now. And you have kind of these ears listening to these different voices. The Washington Post just came out with an article by Travis Andrews It's called The Screen Reports Are In and We Are Horrified. I just wanna read you an excerpt from his his article. He says, already suffering from anxiety after the restaurant where she works as a server shut its doors, Una Garthwaite was following the news compulsively, which made her even more worried. At the end of the week, her screen time surprised her. A daily average of seven hours and 48 minutes, a 36% increase with nearly 44 hours on social networking. That's a full-time job, which makes sense, she said. It was a full-time job trying to sort through everything and figure out what's happening. If you have anxiety around the news, you're sitting there and staring at it, waiting for the worst, Garthwaite said, adding that now she's trying to be distracted from the doom surfing. I used to not want to be distracted, and now I want to be. She appreciates getting the news through Twitter, which is peppered with comedic outlooks. Anything that makes you laugh is valuable right now, she said. And one of the reports that I was looking at this week says that some are reporting that 185% increase in, in screen time since the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, found out earlier this week that uh, pornography websites are up 11% since all this has happened. And so all this to say, the voices that are already dominating our souls, our psyche and our mind um, are only getting louder because as uncertainty grows, our need for a voice grows too. And here's my appeal, it's the appeal of Jesus. You have a shepherd. Would you listen to his voice? Would you tune in to what he's saying to you? And again, that kind of begs the question, well, how do I how do I know? Well, one of the things you need to know is that this is a relational element. He knows your name. Uh, Jesus inevitably in his reference to being the good shepherd is referring back to one of the most famous psalms written by David in Psalm 23. I just wanna read you um, just the first three verses of that. When it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters and he refreshes my soul. He guides guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Uh, Philip Keller, who was a shepherd in the the Middle East, uh, a few years back wrote a book called The Shepherd's Take on Psalm 23. And uh, I've quoted from this before, but I think it's so timely for us to realize what that means when it talks about being led into green pastures, when there's a voice taking you somewhere. This is just an excerpt from his book. And he says this, the strange thing about sheep is that because of their very makeup, it is almost impossible for them to be made to lie down unless four requirements are met. Owing to their timidity, they refuse to lie down unless they are free of all fear. Because of the social behavior within the flock, sheep will not lie down unless they are free from friction with others of their kind. If tormented by flies or parasites, sheep will not lay down, and only when free of these pests can they relax. Lastly, sheep will not lie down as long as they feel a need of finding food. They must be free from hunger. So Keller points out these four different things, freedom from fear, tension with others, aggravations, and fear of hunger. And unless those are met, they can't lie down in green pastures. I mean, how interesting that right now, many of us have more time at home than we've ever had before. And yet our sense of rest is void because we don't know how to lay down in green pastures because those things can't be met just because you're a sheep. They're met when you know you're a shepherd. Because you see, only the shepherd can remove fear because sheep have no defense mechanism. You see, it's only a shepherd that can provide food because sheep have no way of finding grass on their own. It's only a shepherd who can go and take away the the pests that are bothering them. And so just to, again, to drive in this point to remember, you're gonna be listening and being swayed by and being formed by voices, and my, I'm I'm begging you, and Jesus is begging you. Would you let the dominant voice speaking to your soul be His? Would you let him lead you out of the pen and into pasture and find rest there? When you lay your head down, I know many of you have been struggling with sleep. I know many of you don't know what to do because our worth is wrapped up in our work. And so I think for us, this is an opportunity to realize not so much what's wrong, but what voice are we listening to in the midst of uncertainty? And Jesus is extending that to us today. There's a couple of quick um, points at the end. Jesus makes another point here. Um, It seems that in verse six, he kind of shifts from saying that he's the shepherd and also he starts saying that he's the gate. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but um, some people be like, did you just change analogies on me? And, and, And I think that Jesus can do that because he's both. There actually are cases of shepherds laying as the door to the pen and they are both the shepherd and the gate. And if that's what Jesus meant, I, I'm, I'm not sure. But what I do know is Jesus is so enormous in what he's offering that he really is both. And when he says that he's the gate, what he's saying is, listen, you can't come in and out. You can't find peace and pasture except through me. It reminds us when Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And going off this theme of this is such a, a time where we're so aware of the things we were leaning on, whether it was a, a job or health or just essentials at a grocery store, all of that seems to be disrupted. There is this sense to see what were the gates in our life? What were the things we were leaning on for our sense of security, our sense of going in and going out? And Jesus again is inviting and says, that's me, I'm the gate. And so one of the ways we can know the voice of Jesus is do to, to we recognize the role that he's playing in our life in that role. And then lastly, I just wanted to point out, um, as you're watching this, that Jesus points out not only the sound of his voice, but what's the sound of the opposite voice? What's the sound of the enemy, the thief, the robber? And, and Jesus was, was referencing the Pharisees, but more than just the Pharisees, he's referencing that spirit, the father of lies behind that, that's job is to sway us. And so in John chapter 10 when it's talking about doing this he says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy I have come that they may have a life and have it to the full, right? There's our theme verse for this whole series. And Jesus says that in the context of listening to his voice as a shepherd, he's here to provide, remember that zoe life, eternal life, abundant life. But listen to the, the next verse, which is interesting. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life. And that, if we're not careful, that's confusing. Well, how are we supposed to have abundant life and yet Jesus is laying down his life? And this is where it's helpful to understand just a little bit of what's happening in the original language is that Jesus is using two separate words for life. He says, I've come that you may have zoe life, abundant life. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my, not zoe life, but It's So we get the word psychology or psychosis and it just means existence. Jesus, I'm gonna lay down my human existence so that you may have eternal life. And man, I hope that that statement just brings hope Yes, we know that the enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. And that may just seem really prevalent right now with, with what we're facing. And, and, and understanding that beyond just the, what we're reading on the news, that there is a spiritual dimension of fear and anxiety that is, is taking advantage of this crisis right now, that Jesus wants to come and says, listen, my voice... It's the voice of the shepherd. I've come that you would have life. I've laid down mine and he would on the cross, but only to rise up and have an eternal quality of life that he's extending to you. And so as we conclude this video, here's here's just some practical things I would love for you to consider. Number one, would you maybe just even open up your phone right now and just see how much time you're spending on your phone? And this is in no way to to instill guilt, but would you decide how much time you think is healthy? Again, maybe that's FaceTiming a family member. That's a really great use of it, but maybe decide I'm. I can handle this much amount of news each day. I can handle this much amount of social media. And then would you weigh that against, I'm gonna make sure I'm tuning in to the voice of Jesus, whether that's through reading your scripture during this 24-hour or 21 day challenge, whether it's um, fixed hour prayer, whether um, it's calling a friend and saying, hey, let's pray together, going on a prayer walk. Let's make sure that we're in as, as intentional, if not more intentional listening to the voice of Jesus and the other voices of our life. Secondly, use this time to evaluate what are those, those gates? And by gates, again, they're the, they're the points of security, what's coming in and out. Is Jesus central to you? This is the, probably the best time to evaluate that. And lastly, would you remember that Jesus laid down his life so that you may experience eternal life? And if you're watching this and you've never experience that God quality of life, that assurance of eternal life, I would just invite you right now, even as you're watching this, would you make a decision in your heart to accept this gift that Jesus is offering to you for him to be your shepherd? And if you've never done that before, I'd encourage you just to go ahead in your own heart, in your own room, wherever you're watching this, pray and ask that the other voices would become submitted to one voice and that's the voice of Jesus and that he would be your shepherd. And if you made that decision to follow Jesus today, would you go ahead and send me an email or go on our website and let us know. Uh, We would love to be able to journey with you guys on this as we continue as sheep follow our good shepherd, Jesus. Let me just go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you so much that in the midst of competing voices, we have a voice that is speaking to, beckoning, calling us. And we're asking that you would give us the strength to tune into that. And that we recognize that voice because it's producing life in us. God, I wanna pray against the spirit of fear and anxiety right now. Lord Jesus, I wanna pray against sleeplessness. Lord, I'm asking in the name of Jesus, rest would come over every single person who's hearing the word of God right now, is hearing the scriptures, you are hearing the words of life coming from Jesus himself. And Lord, I pray that you would allow us just to find ourselves diving into your scriptures more than ever before, because we need to know your voice uh, so much. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for joining us here on the Light San Diego podcast. This sermon was recorded in Encinitas, California. For more information, please visit us at lightsaniego.com.